When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for checking out this week's episode of the Baseball Together podcast, Baseball Family. This week we have Jeffrey Lunau suing the Astros, some more awards, and then we're going to get into some strange 2020 rules and decide what should stay and what should go. That starts right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now baseball together welcome to this week's episode of the baseball together podcast baseball family i am brad and as always i am joined by our guy kansas city little big briggy blue eyes what's up baseball family <laughs> got it on one take <laughs> yes never you happened. did you nailed it never I'm happened. so excited <laughs> <laughs> i'm still well, excited <laughs> I'm excited. Like I said, it never happens. <laughs> never get on the first take. But we have a bunch of stuff this week. Like I said, we got. Let's start with this. Let's start with this very first one. Jeffrey Lunau, the former GM, also disgraced former GM Ooh, of good the word. Houston yes. Astros. Uh, he's suing the Astros, suing Jim Crane, the owner, and the Astros for breach of contract because he says that they fired him without cause mm. Mm. before we get too deep into this <laughs> you know what i think uh, of this is that what you asked i want to know what you think of it oh i think texas is an at-will employment state <laughs> <laughs> and as long as it doesn't yeah. violate the law you're allowed to be fired for any reason <laughs> <laughs> sorry jeff that will not go far <laughs> I don't know what the, I don't know anything about the case. I don't know what the grounds would be. I don't know what argument they're presenting, really, other than I know that. That's so funny. That was the best argument. <laughs> Basically, just put the whole thing in the ground, dead. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's at will state. That's so funny. <laughs> That's what I had to look up. But... I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny but yeah i mean his argument is that he didn't know anything about it that the previously negotiated punishment for for sign stealing using the system like the specific system and tools that the astros did was suspend the manager suspend the gm both for one year he got that suspension and then his argument was that um that is a negotiated punishment basically that right. Instead of taking away the World Series, suspending a bunch of players, and bringing down his further, I'm going to use fury in quotations because we've seen that Rob Manfred has no fury um, <laughs> on the Astros, yeah, uh, no. that he would fire, that Jim Crane would fire Lunau and manager at the time, A.J. Hinch. Mm-hmm. But as it turns out, Jeffrey Lunau has no case. <laughs> Thank you, Brick. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, he might, but... He's just gonna tie up legal fees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. It's just gonna cost him a bunch of money. That that's yeah. funny. I didn't even think about that. Thank you for bringing that to the table. Let's You're move welcome. on, shall we? <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> All right. 
So we had this week. First off, Brig, I want to know, did you know that they were announcing the Gold Glove Award winners last week? No. Me neither. I had no idea. It's like everything came down on my phone like these are the Gold Glove finalists like or Gold Glove Award winners. Like, oh cool, the finalists. Like the there's finalists. two winners <laughs> and the finalists. That's awesome. <laughs> That's what I thought. That because <laughs> I had had no clue. Absolutely no clue that they were announcing this and Mm-hmm. It was. It wasn't just finals. They were the winners. These these guys are the winners. Like they could not have kept it a better secret that this was happening and happening on the day that it did. I'm still so yeah. shocked. I don't even remember what day it was last week. It might have been like yeah. what, Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. It definitely happened, but that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> November third. What was that? <laughs> yeah. So that would have been that would have been Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I think but, that's what it was. But so. Was there anybody on this list, Brig, who surprised you, who you were happy to see on the list, anything like that? I was happy to see Anthony Rizzo on the list. I I wouldn't say it was surprising because I'm a big mm-hmm. Rizzo fan, but I was really mm-hmm. glad to see him on the list because I'm a big Rizzo fan. I don't know what else. <laughs> I'm not surprised by yeah. Javi Baez and Arenado and, you know, like a bunch of these mm-hmm. are really their mainstays at this point, you know, but. Right. Yeah. What do you think? Does somebody surprise you? Honestly, I was a little bit surprised to see Evan White of the Mariners, first baseman. Yeah. Um, Because as a Mariners fan, I've been told for the last two or three years about Evan White that he is a gold glove first baseman. He is a he has gold glove potential, and I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, maybe in two or three years he'll get some recognition and and gain some traction in the in the league, and he'll win a gold glove. No, in his rookie season, his first season seeing any big league action, he won a gold glove. Right. Like, that is that was that was the exact like scattering report on the guy coming up through the minor leagues that he was gonna win yeah. a gold glove, and he did it in his rookie season. That's absolutely amazing, amazing to me. Yeah, that's really cool. So, I was really fired up about that for him because he really struggled at the plate this year. He had his moments where he did really well. Um, but, man, defensively, he was as solid as they come. Yeah. Uh, there was nothing thrown from anybody in the infield. That if it was within his reach, it wasn't getting by him. So so he's awesome. I'm excited about that. Also, J.P. Crawford for the Mariners. Yeah. He's in, like, his second or third year. Yeah. Um, second year with the Mariners. I don't remember if he saw any time. I think he came over from St. Louis. But um, I was actually only kind of surprised just because kind of the same reason that he's really young and Mm -hmm. he's in Seattle. So I wasn't sure how many people actually saw him and paid attention to what he does. Well, I didn't. I didn't at all. Other than that. Well, I mean, other than that one play from 2019 where he was like on his back and threw somebody out at first base from shortstop, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But... I don't yeah, you're the only one that knows about that, though. <laughs> it's the one, <laughs> Greg, you'll, you'd know it if you saw it. It leads <laughs> off every one. highlight play from 2019. Yeah. I'm not even kidding you. No, <laughs> I know. The I know which year. one. It was amazing. <laughs> I, I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> but I think I might be the only one who knows anything after that, like anything that's happened since then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, he was on his back. We don't know who it was. You know, it was just <laughs> we just saw that, oh, yeah, that one. The, he, up front, yeah, oh, yeah, that shortstop in his, on his back. Yeah, I know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. What did you think of Mookie Betts? Why, like, what is up with that? Mookie Betts? <laughs> what do you mean? 
<laughs> like, how is he? I would expect him to win like... a gold glove. <laughs> 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 what are you talking about? <laughs> just, just tell us your opinion, Brad. <laughs> I expect Mookie Betts to win a gold glove. If he doesn't win one, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, this is exactly right. He's like the guy who should win that. <laughs> they um, should just call it the Mookie Betts Award. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. But yeah, you're right. But it's kind of like, remember in the 90s, <laughs> I mean, every year, it seemed like I just assumed that Griffey won, that Ken Griffey Jr. won a gold glove every year. Like, I just assumed that it was like, yeah. okay, we got to give one to Griffey, and then we got two other outfielders we got to give it to in the AL, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That That's... That's kind of how I am with Mookie Betts. That he's he's out there doing his thing, and uh, yeah, just expecting to get one. But you, we did have the platinum glove winners, so they give out the platinum glove in the AL and the NL. That's the best defensive yeah. player. And we had um, Nolan Arenado, and I always and Alex Gordon. I always call him Aaron Gordon from the NBA because uh, I don't pay much attention to KC to Kansas City. Yeah, but. But Alex Gordon got it in the American League, and I was actually a little bit surprised by that. It almost felt like a lifetime achievement award to me. Ooh, but again, yeah. I don't I don't watch enough of the Royals to under, to to know. Right. Um, you know, maybe there was somebody else in the AL that could have got. It. I mean, offhand, I don't know exactly who. I probably would have given it to J.P. Crawford strictly out of bias. Yeah, but, and I would have done the same with DJ LeMahieu just out of bias. Yeah, yeah. And Cubs fans would have given it to Javier Baez out of bias too. You know, like that's. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> well, and if and well, I don't know. I don't know if you can give it to Baez over Arenado. To be honest, well, because okay. even if you're go- even if you're going most highlight plays, it's probably going to still go to Arenado. Yeah, you're probably right. But that's a tough pill to swallow. It is. That's tough because Baez is like one of my favorite guys in the league to watch. Me too. But also, yeah. I love watching Arenado play. So. Yep, I do too. Well, they did announce the Silver Sluggers as well, though, right? They did. They did announce the Silver Sluggers. Did um, you see that one coming either? It... Well, was kind it the same of. For you? Only because the gold gloves came, I was like, oh, Silver Sluggers should be coming soon then. <laughs> That's right. I don't know who's up for them, Yeah, but it, it's coming soon. Yeah. So, um, I don't feel like I was really too surprised by anybody there. I mean, you would expect DJ LeMahieu to win that one. Yeah. Um, Tim Anderson, I was happy for him. I'd like to see, I like to see guys like that actually win awards because he's not just like exciting to watch he's actually legitimately very good yeah i agree so i was happy for him to get that fernando tatis jr and manny machado is i expected both of those guys to get it partially because their positions but also partially because they are so good yeah both of those guys you expect to do something stepping up to the plate was there anybody you were i don't know if surprised or happy to see on there well, I was actually really excited to see, uh, and I don't know how to pronounce his first name, Tiascar Hernandez. Hernandez. Um, it's his first mm-hmm. award in Toronto, and he, you know, he's hit 16 homers in 50 games. It's really great. His uh, OPS 919. So, um, 
Like it, I just like to see this young Blue Jays team getting some love, mm-hmm. and uh, that made me really happy. So that's it. That's that's the one that I was that I was really excited about. I couldn't believe how many of the Braves were on this list, though. I think I counted three or four at least. That's actually where I was headed next. Is Marcelo Zuno won it for the DH yeah. for the National League? Yeah, he did. So I think that's something we'll actually get into later. Oh, um, the DH and the NL, but. Oh. Uh, that's a tease. Um, but no, I was, I mean, I like Marcelo Zuno a lot and for him to have the ability to DH in the national league, I thought was really good for him. And, and he was a monster. I mean, he, I saw in their series against the reds, uh, the wildcard series against the reds, that going into that series, like in, in the regular season, he had like 450 against fastballs this year. Really? Like that's unreal. Absolutely that is unreal. unreal. So, good for those guys. Yeah, good for no, those I think guys. It's awesome. And then today they today. announced rookies of the year. Yeah. Yes, they did today. Um, and I'm wearing my excited. 42 hat in honor of the Jackie Robinson Rookie of the Year award. Nice, nice. So, I want I want to start with this. I could not be happier that Kyle Lewis, <laughs> unanimous American League Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I am honestly a little bit surprised that it was unanimous. Yeah. Just because there were, like we said, um, Luis Robert and with the White Sox. Very good. Great year. Oh, yeah. Man, for sure. I I'm mean, I'm infatuated with Kyle Lewis. I'm just like man crushing over here. I, I can't. <laughs> I cannot express the love that I have. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> For what he brings to the Seattle Mariners, it yeah, just makes me yeah, so happy. exactly. I'm so happy that he was recognized for it too. Well, Absolutely. he deserved it. He did. He did. Well, it's like I said, he he hit like 550 for the first like three weeks of the season, and then he finally got down below 500. We're like, okay, he's not gonna hit. I gotta hit 500 for 60 games, but <laughs> he's mortal. It's fine. It's yeah. a little disappointing, but <laughs> exactly. it's okay, I guess. Yeah, but I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it all, and I'm very happy with it. Must oh, but there was a, a National League rookie of the year as well. Well, hold on, it must have been a makeup call for the one guy that didn't vote for Griffey. Just decided to. You know they can't ever make up for that. <laughs> they tried. They did try, but they'll never be able to make up for that. Somebody was just like, no, no. <laughs> unreal, absolutely unreal to me. I don't understand. But sorry. Whatever. Anyway, the American League. <laughs> anyway, that's fine. National League Rookie of the Year was Devin Williams, a reliever with the Brewers. Um, now, Brig, this kind of goes back to our conversation we had about a pitcher winning the MVP. This is the kind of the equivalent to that conversation of not just a pitcher, but a reliever winning the Rookie of the Year. Right. How do you feel about that? I want to know. I really, really like it. I, I really mm-hmm. like it. I think that if you if you're the best in your class, you should be recognized as the best in your class. And you should be recognized as the best for the thing you do, not not weighted, you know, on on this sliding scale of well, 
third basemen do more than relievers do or whatever. Like that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. So if you can if you it can is. take it and and proportion it out properly, then yeah, if he's the best in his class at what he's doing at at this position he's been assigned, then he should they should they they do deserve it, I think. I totally agree with you. And yes, he only threw 27 innings out of 60 games. But if he's coming in at the chances that he's given, especially as a reliever, and I mean, he had a 1.2 war. Wow. Okay. <laughs> 0.33 ERA, which is one earned run and eight hits during those 27 innings. Wow. Like, that's unreal. That's Especially unreal. Especially with, with relief pitchers this year. Like, he he is way better than anybody in his class at his position right now. Forget yep. rookies, veterans, whatever. Nobody did that this year. That's right. I was just going to say that. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. The Brew Crew did great this year. So, like, they were, they had a respectable season, right? So, well, I mean, yeah, they made the playoffs, but weren't they under five hundred? Well, yeah, but everybody was under five hundred. <laughs> well, not, not everybody, but they weren't the only ones. Weren't. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, them and the Astros—they got in under five hundred, which, you know, is whatever. Yeah, but, but no, like the fact that he was pulling his weight the entire way is awesome. As a rookie, that he was yeah. obviously ready, he was meant for it, and. Maybe they I don't know if they look at him as a future closer, if they look at him as a setup man, whatever. Whatever that he is. I mean, he's nails. He's going in there, he's not giving up any runs. He's not even, not even giving up hits. So, not even hits, yeah. Yep. So good for him. Happy to see that. All right. One last thing before we go to break. KBO playoffs in full swing. Yep. Okay, they started started last week. On uh, November 1st, and we had the LG Twins beat the Kiwoom Heroes in the one-game playoff wildcard round, and then the Doosan Bears took it to the LG Twins. Just like, I mean, I know <laughs> what they, it's weird to say, a two-game sweep, because it, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was a shellacking, though. It was a best though. of three. Oh, yeah, 4 nothing, 9-7, and that 9-7 game wasn't even that close. Because it was like eight to one, I think. I think they got out to yeah. I think it was like eight to one at one point. So yeah, that's what really I didn't even close. know it ended up being nine seven. I turned it, you know, I stopped watching, stopped paying attention, even in yeah. the preview yeah. or the replay. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, where there's no commercials. But then, so today, actually, Monday the ninth, November ninth, we had. I mean, early, early morning for us. Uh, Deuce on the Deuce on Bears. Beat the KT Wiz three to two and went up one nothing in a five game series, best of five Woo! series. Mm. So the Doosan Bears playing some pretty good ball right now, and something to keep an eye on, at least as far as we go, since we're NC Dinos fans. The winner of this series goes on to play our Dinos. That's right. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily want to be playing the Doosan Bears at this point. Not with this much time off. They're no. gaining momentum, and, it, and we've had time off. That's a problem. And it is it is good that it's a best of seven. It's a best of seven series, but with it with a team like Doosan Bears who play the NC Dinos very well, they matched up against each other against one another very well this year. Um, 
I, I don't, yeah, I don't know that I'd want to play a team that's basically turned into a buzzsaw when you're coming in from nothing. <laughs> hey, is that? Br- hey, Brad. Yeah. Are you, we should probably stand on our left foot feet and rub our, um, what do you call them? Rabbit's feet. <laughs> Put our rally caps on Spinner. just in anticipation. We, just like get Joe Boo some rum. Do we spin counterclockwise or clockwise? I can't remember. No, one of us goes clockwise. The other one goes counterclockwise. Okay. All right. Very good. Yeah. And then when we're yeah. dizzy, we pour Joe Boo rum. That's how it goes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that sounds perfect. That sounds absolutely perfect. But... Uh, I don't know about you, Brig. I'm going to be paying very close attention to this series, though, because yep. I don't necessarily want the Tucson Bears going to going to the the Korean series against my Dinos. No, I don't either. So not at all. But we'll have another update on that next week. For now, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. No matter which ballpark you're at, you want to rep your team. Now you can with 9 Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. Before we go tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this, we are going to talk about the rules that were implemented in 2020, and we're going to bat them around a little bit. We want to know what we liked, what we didn't like, what we would change, what we would keep, any new ideas. Brad told me he has a new idea. I don't know anything about it. He used... That's a tease. So, anyway, Brad. Brad? Yeah. Brad, Brad. Yeah. Let's start with the runner on second in extra innings. All right. So my question to you is, do you care? And if so, in what direction? Okay. For or against? I I do feel like this is actually a a pretty nuanced thing here. Okay. Um, I don't, just to be clear, first off, I don't like it. I don't like starting an inning with a runner on because... Um, it's, it's like I said way back when they proposed this rule that it feels like I missed something. It feels like I missed a, yeah. du- it feels like I missed a double in the gap or something, you know, or whatever. Um, that's, yeah. that's why I don't like it. I don't like the feel of it. However, the one thing I do like is that it encourages small ball and extra innings rather than just having a guy go up there and be like, I'm gonna hit this Jack and this game is going to be over, you know? Huh? Um, Bunt down the fir- bunt down the first base line, move him over to third. One out, runner on third. Then you go for either a sack fly or a base hit, bring him to score. You know, game over. So it, it really encourages that. We didn't see it, which was strange to me, especially in yeah. the shortened season that, you know, you'd think teams would be resorting back to the basics to win games because you got to win every one that you can. Um yeah, I was really disappointed mm-hmm. that it didn't actually come to fruition, but I do feel like it encourages it. That it encourages a yeah. different a different approach to hitting than just going up there with nobody on. Huh. 
So that's that is like the thing that I like about it. And I know Rob Manfred is a big fan of it. He loves the rule. He like he's like I want it to be here forever and ever. And yeah. and my thing is if you're going to keep it um maybe don't start in the 10th inning, maybe start in the 12th. Um right, the 13th or yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah don't yeah, don't start right away. Let let play continue as normal for a couple innings and then it's kind of like okay, you know, kind of like in college football if neither team scores, mm-hmm. I think on like two tries in their in their overtime tiebreaker thing, then they can't go for they yeah. can't they can't just kick the PAT. They have to go for two. I feel like it, it kind of can have yeah. that kind of feel to it. Like okay, you know, let's let's raise the stakes here a little bit and we'll put a runner on a second to start. So I don't know. I feel like it can be used, just not necessarily the way that it has been. Um, but that's just me. What about you, Brick? What do you think about it? So to me, it feels like starting an at bat with a strike. Uh huh. Right. It, it it's that disruptive to my brain. Yeah. And I yeah. I know it sounds kind of petty, but it feels that it feels that way. It's like, what what is happening? Why? Just like you said, I missed something. I just look in my brain. It happens a different way, but but yeah, it does. It feels like you're starting every at bat with. You know, you only have two strikes instead of three. Um, or even a pitcher with a ball. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, I don't know, I, I don't like it. Um, and I don't like it for every reason you said. Do it? Does it encourage small ball? Yes. But I don't think it, cha- I don't think it encourages small ball enough. Because guys are still going to get up there and try and go for launch angle. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. that's. That's the way it's going anyway, and they would rather win with a two-run two run walk-off than a one-run walk-off. I mean, if you're talking about, like, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. Stats, right? Add a home run, four yeah, total bases, and that, and two RBIs it. instead of just one. Yeah. Right, but it, as far as, like, team, like, the victory, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. I think starting it in the 12th is... is a little early. I think 13 beyond makes sense though. Like if you're going to keep it, I, I also agree with you that, um, that it can be nuanced and it should be handled new with some finesse. I just think we should err on the side of what baseball has been traditionally and, you know, starting Mm -hmm. to implement that too early, like as early as 10 is absurd. It's ludicrous. Yeah. I would I would rather it be closer to fifteen than closer to ten. Yeah, and I could see that because everything is still relatively normal. You get into twelve, thirteen innings, you know, and then by the time you're yeah. getting to fourteen, fifteen, that's when it's kind of like, okay, you know, somebody come okay, on now. Let's be done. Well, even <laughs> even the umpires start start changing the strike zone and they start calling things a little differently just mm-hmm. because it's time to be done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Umpires want to go home. I remember one time. I think I was in high school as a city league game and we got started late because of rain, like really late, like an hour and a half late because of rain game ended at like 1130. The umpire first off was like ready to go, you know, with like two innings left and, (laughs) and you could tell, and then seriously game over. We are all in the dugout getting our stuff together and the whole field goes black. He turned off the lights and pieced right out. At a high, like a high school oh, city man. league game, and we were like, 
we can't see anything. One of the guys, his dad was going up and down the dugout with his lighter. Everybody got anything? Everybody got everything? Because this was before the day of smartphones with flashlights, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Make sure you get your stuff. He's got his like, lighter. Oh, <laughs> I can't see a thing. <laughs> but, so yeah. awesome. That's a real thing. Umpires want to go home. And yeah, I mean, you see it. You definitely see it. But Yeah. So that's why I was thinking. I think closer to 15 makes more sense than closer to 10. But. Yeah. Yeah. And I could get behind that. What do you what do you think about the three batter minimum for pitchers? Oh man, the relief pitchers specifically. We saw some guys getting some pickles this year, um, <laughs> like especially in the playoffs. You saw guys where, you know, there was kind of a rally going. Everybody's hitting. They bring in a reliever, and uh, the rally just keeps going. He can't stop it. And it's like okay, like you want to bring in somebody to get your ideal matchup and stop this thing, but you can't. Yeah, you can't. You know, and I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like the three batter minimum at all, at all, because it it brings insult to injury for a team that might already be struggling and needs some mm-hmm. kind of some kind of change. You know that like you got pitchers who are strictly situational, so pitchers who you know come in to get one or two outs in a game. You know, and it it does force guys to be better. You know, to be able to get through three batters or end the mm-hmm. inning. But at the same time, the manager has to have the flexibility. The players have to have the flexibility. And I understand the players are mentally tough enough to be able to deal with it. But physically, maybe they're just not able to deal with it that day. Not able to get out. Right. Uh, I don't like the rigidity of it. Um, I don't like managers and players having to deal with that kind of rigidity. Um, I don't like it at all. Get rid of it. That should go away forever. What about you? What do you think? I think it has the ability to improve pitching mm-hmm. over the next, I don't know, 15 years. Okay. Yeah. You know, I think it'll take eight minimum to 10 maybe before we'll start to see tr- like holistic systemic improvement that they're hoping it will, you know, affect. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some guys will, and some guys will, they'll adapt earlier and some guys it'll take way too long. But I think that to, to really see it league wide and for it to be beneficial in this sort of all ideal way, everybody's hoping it will, it's, it's going to take at least, at least eight years for that to turn around. So I don't, I don't like that argument. I see that, you know, they're probably not wrong. We just have to look at it in the context that it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. The, the, the other thing is that I don't, I wonder how many teams didn't make the playoffs or didn't do as well because they weren't able to, they didn't have the full playbook at their disposal, right? Yeah. Like if you can't utilize your very best tool for a particular job, it then, you know, you're, but you're still carrying that tool around, you know, and mm-hmm. you like, somebody's like, nope, you can't use that one. Well, why? Right, I'm in a situation. I have this task that needs to be accomplished. Here's the tool that I have for this very specific thing, and it's a one size fits one situation tool, like you're saying. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just it bugs me for a lot of reasons, and you've listed all of the same reasons it bugs me. But it just for me, there's a protracted impact that we probably will never be able to measure effectively. And yeah. to be able to say, okay, in all of these little teeny macro 
um, or these little micro situations, what was the long-term impact? We, we will never know, but I think it's something that should be th- discussed and, and thought about at a much higher level. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's strange. And really to me, like it feels like it's strictly just to speed up the game. Like that's, that's what it feels like to me. Like I understand making pitchers better eventually, but it's like, we don't want to be changing three pitchers for three batters. So go out there and face three yourself and get through it. If you can, you know, to me, it's, it's strictly if they're getting rained on. Yeah, no, I know. But like, to me, it's strictly Rob Manfred saying people are complaining about the length of the game. Let's do this thing to speed it up. Yeah, you know, but that, if the guy's getting rained on, it doesn't speed up the game. No, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. It makes it, it goes longer. the opposite direction. Yeah. Yes. So it it's stupid. Yeah. Let's not talk about how stupid this is anymore. How about <laughs> what did you <laughs> what did you think of seven inning double headers? We saw plenty of them. We did and, this season. And what did you think? Um, and I actually listened to plenty of them this year because the Mariners had to play a few of them. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was caught off guard every single time, every time that it was like, you know, you get to the fifth inning and they're like, now remember it's a double header. So we're only playing seven innings today. Like, Oh shoot. You know, and it, it kind of worked out in their favor a couple times where it's like, Oh, you got a one run lead going into the top of the seventh inning. Okay. You know, (laughs) there we go. Yeah. But, um, it, it doesn't feel like there's any finality. It feels like the game just ends, and you are really missing those last two innings. Um, I mean, baseball is a game of threes, right? That yeah. you've got um, you've got nine players out on the field. You've got three outs, a nine-man batting lineup or batting order, um, nine innings, yeah. twenty-seven outs, right? But when you go yeah. when you go seven innings, twenty-one outs. I mean, that's still three, but it's not the even three of 27 and nine. Like, you can go through, in a perfect game, you go through your batting order two and a third times. Yep. You should, everybody should get a chance to bat three times. And, you know, I understand. Typically, everybody's getting to bat three times in a seven-inning game. I know. Yeah. But it should work mathematically I, I and automatically to be able to work out that way that everybody gets a chance. Your nine, your nine hole hitter is just, is like in some cases just as important as your three or four. He has a different right. role Four for sure. Yeah. He has a different role, but you need that bat still. You're not putting a guy down in seven, eight, nine, but like, well, it's fine. He's not going to get to hit anyway today. So it's, it's no big deal, you know? Yeah. So, that's really the thing that I don't like about it is that it it doesn't have that even triplet feel. It doesn't have an actual finality. It just kind of ends. It's like okay, well, in thirty minutes we're going to start game two. Well, geez, you know, <laughs> in two minutes you should be starting yeah. the eighth inning. So, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I, I don't yeah. like the I don't like the seven I don't like the seven inning rule. Like it, it's kind of nice to get to get through two games in one day really fast, but it's it it feels weird too. It it makes me feel kind of dirty. I'll be honest. Yeah, it's so. I dirty is is exactly right for me. It's counterfeit, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like it's a facsimile of what it should be, and 
I I agree with you. It is it is nice to be able to jump through two games in a short period of time. And in the situation we were in this season, it was warranted, and mm-hmm. that's fine. But if we can avoid a set two, you know, seven inning double headers, that'd be great. I also think holistically, we have to think about statistics. We have to think about what that does to players' careers and their earning potential and things like that as well. Because yeah. when you go to back to negotiate a contract, other than this one season, <laughs> nobody's going to remember that you only had you know these limited opportunities. They're just all they're going to mm-hmm. look at is what's on paper. Yeah, and um, and you get to the point where it's like, and I know the same like teams play odd like weird numbered double headers every year because of rainouts and stuff. But the fact that there were yeah, teams they do. That, it's not uncommon. There were teams that were either A, cheated out of an opportunity to come back in the 8th and ninth inning, or B, teams that escaped with a win because they didn't have to play the 8th and ninth inning. Yep. You know, so... And that was two games in a day that they that those went one or both ways. So... Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like it. it. Counterfeit, I think, is the perfect way to describe it. It's It's... It's a formality of playing the game without actually having to go through all the motions of playing it. So, yep, that's exactly right. So, yeah, don't like it. Don't like it at all. It's too bad it's really practical. <laughs> it is, it is, and they've been it's doing just, it in minor leagues too bad. for years. <laughs> been doing it in minor leagues yeah. for years. And as, you know, I will say this, when I was with the Oramals and we had a couple double headers, they were seven innings. It was really nice to get home a yeah. little bit early after the game, you know? That's that right. I'm hoping that when it comes down to deciding on this, if this is something they end up just like trying to keep or not, um, that Rob Manfred does not listen to a, the media because the media I'm sure loves this rule or B too many team employees that he really gets the pulse of the fan base, which I don't know why I'm expecting him to do this, to do this now because he never does of people never. saying, we don't like seven inning games. Don't like it at all. Yeah. Especially if I'm going to a game, I don't want to sit through a seven inning game if I'm paying for it. Yeah, I want at least right. nine. So, mm-hmm. That's that's all I tell. Tell about me about your. <laughs> tell me about your idea. You said you had an idea. Okay, so this year they had expanded dugouts and bullpens, so the so the players could socially distance. You know, like they had. Um, we saw like canopies yeah. put up in the in the stands, and players sitting yeah. up in the stands, pitchers sitting, you know, down the lines, whatever. Um, for the bullpens, and they called those expanded dugouts and bullpens. Now, I'm wondering, Brig, if is this something we could see permanently? Because if social distancing just becomes like the social norm, it just becomes the way things are mm-hmm. from now until whoever knows when, you know. Um, right, and also with expanded rosters, which we'll get to. Um, yeah, yeah. Those dugouts and bullpens might need to be a little bit bigger. Now we see teams mm. moving fences in and out all the time. Um, the true. Red Sox made the Green Monster a little bit taller a few years ago. Like, did some construction made the made the Green Monster a little bit taller. I think they dropped the field down a little bit. I think is what they did. I'm not entirely sure, but anyways. Yeah. Well, and in Houston, they cut that berm out, right? Yeah. It used to, used to be you have to go up the berm, and now yeah, that safety hazard. It. Yep. And and they moved the flagpoles yeah. off of it too, because there were flagpoles yeah, on that right. berm. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. But, 
but so they're, they're doing constructions on fields all the time, stadium, everything. So I'm curious if something we could see is the, the dugouts move like expanded down the lines a little bit farther as well as mm-hmm. some like physical expansion of bullpens, make them just a little bit bigger extend, ex, like expand the seating area a little bit more. Um, because there's going to be a, huh. a, an extra pitcher or two on the bullpen. So you're going to need a little bit extra room anyway, but just, and I understand it would take away from fan seating. Um, yeah, you know, like there's, there are seats right next to the bullpen. Actually it's the, it's like the camera wells, but then the seats, but they'll have to move all that stuff down anyway. Um, so you're taking away seats. Uh, you're taking away probably the con some of the concourse area in some stadiums for the bullpen. Um, I think in, Yep. At Wrigley, they're like under the bleachers or something like that. Is that right? Mm, I don't know. So That I sounds right, but I don't know. So you wouldn't necessarily be taking away from anything there, I don't think. But in most places, you would be taking away from like the concourse. I know in Seattle. But is this something okay. you could see happening? Expanded dugouts. Take them out another 10 or 15 feet to get a little bit more room in the dugout, maybe even 20 feet. Um you know, expand the the bullpen out a little bit more to get some get some spacing. Do you think that's something that we could see? Well, yeah, I think anything like that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you hit the nail on the head. They're going to be averse to giving up tickets ticket mm-hmm. sales. Yeah. So I think it would be a cost benefit analysis, and I don't see an overt benefit right off the top of my head, except mm-hmm. for the you know health risks, but. Um, that has nothing to do with dollars. Well, I mean, it could because yeah, it could because if you've got if you've got guys who can't play because they're sick and you're missing games because guys are sick, that could cause mm. problems. Yeah, and you know, like we said, the reason that we saw players in the stands was, I mean, part of the reason we saw that was because there were there were no fans in the stands. So I wonder if they're like. Okay, we need to we need to have more seating for the players in the dugouts. We can't have everybody crammed in there, um, but we do want yeah. fans in the stands to some degree. So expand that out a little bit. We're not going one hundred percent capacity right now, so we're no we're yeah. not really missing out on those seats anyway. Go twenty to thirty percent capacity, whatever of our initial volume, and then expand that dugout a little yeah. bit more. And we don't take that into consideration. Right. That way we have more room for the mm. players. We still have plenty of room for the fans and it all works out. It it is a great opportunity to recalibrate a bunch of things. So mm. you're right. You're right. Like if they're gonna do it now's the perfect time because then mm. when fans do get back into the stadiums, we won't we won't even remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and and honestly you probably won't even notice it. Even if they take them out right, fifteen, twenty exactly. feet. I don't think you would really notice it because most people, that's not something most people see, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yep. So that was just, that was so actually let's just go into roster about. limits. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really interesting thought and you're right. They do change stadiums, change it constantly all the time. Um, but let's do, so that's a perfect segue into roster limits. Mm-hmm. Um, we went from a 25 man roster to a 26 through the regular season with a maximum uh, number of 13 pitchers to me that was a great idea i i really i don't see any flaws there it doesn't bother me in any way it gave more guys opportunities it gave managers more tools to use even though they were hamstrung by another rule like we've just talked about but the to me if this rule stayed it wouldn't bother me either 
Like I have no beef with expanded rosters mm-hmm. and yeah. um, keeping it this way f- forever. What do you, what do you think? So I think this was going to be a rule anyway this year, the 26-man roster. The fact that it was expanded to 30 was a COVID rule, and then you only know, dropped it down to 28, and they yeah. ended up keeping it there this year. But yeah, I like the extra player. It actually with uh, – sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless um, you. <laughs> they, it breaks down the roster really easily. You know, you've got half the guys on the roster are pitchers. Then you've got nine position yep. players, an extra catcher, and a couple utility guys. So it makes it really easy, I feel like. See, to- and that's, to me, the utility guy is what happens here, right? You mm-hmm. end up with another guy who can play small ball. Yeah. Pinch run, drag a bunt, whatever, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you need those guys. In fact, this yeah. reminds me, th- looking at this actually reminded me, this is like, we should have brought this up last segment, but I'd like to bring it now since we're talking about the utility guys. Um, Christopher Negrone said, why is there not a gold glove award for the utility guys? He's like, these guys are out there. He's like, we go out there. We were playing potential to play nine positions in one game. Uh, why is there not a gold glove award specifically for utility guys? I thought it was interesting. You know, the best utility player in the league and you know, it's the utility guy kind of has the, I don't know if if it's like the label or misnomer or whatever that the, what the Jack of all trades, master of none. Right. Yeah. Yes. That they're not the best guy at the position or else they'd be stuck at one position. But the fact that they can play, because there are some guys who they'll go out there, they'll catch, they'll play outfield, they'll play in, they'll play second base in one game, you know? Yeah. Do you think that's something they could do? Utility, uh, gold glove for the utility guy? Yeah, why would they not? That I've never heard that idea presented, but it makes perfect sense to me, and they ought to call it the Ben Zobrist Award. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I totally agree. It's like, why not? They should. You know, you've got in the NBA, you've got Six Man of the Year Award. Why not have the the Utility Player of the Year Award or, or Gold Glove for yeah, Utility a, Player? So That's a terrific idea. Yeah, that, that really cool. is. Yeah. But, Anyway, I kind of took a little bit of a left turn there. But roster limits no, that's and okay. utility players, great idea. Keep it with 26 forever because Bingo. it's Last a great way one. To go. Last one. Should we take a break before we go into this? Because I think we're going to take some time on it. Oh, man. Fine. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> when we get back, we're going to talk about the Universal DH. All right. The designated hitter. The infield fly. A ground rule double. The dropped third strike. To some, these seem like strange things. To you, these are just baseball things. Shop the Baseball Things collection at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. I wanted to take a short break because I feel like this is a subject that we could actually spend quite a bit of time on, and um, I'm, I'm, I might need to take some time to uh, to like slide the soapbox right underneath Brig here, real quick. Um, <laughs> hold on, but we're going to talk Let about the universal DH. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm in a good position. Okay, Brig, 
Let us know how you feel about the Universal DH. <laughs> um. Well. <laughs> seeing as how this is a family-friendly environment. <laughs> how do I word this? I will concede that it made sense given the sprint season. Okay. All right. Okay. Look. Okay. Leave me alone. It made sense. And, okay, hold on. Okay. I'm going to concede another point. <laughs> Uh-oh. It Uh-oh. Pr- shh, shh, Brad. It probably just let it happen. It probably did improve pitching. Honestly, okay. I think it did. Um, I I wonder. So I've been thinking a lot about Clayton Kershaw, and mm-hmm. how he never had to get out on the to the plate, <laughs> not not one time. Yeah. That's different, and and he had a better season. <laughs> now there's a lot of other reasons he, that we could say he had a better season for X Y Z thing, but this is also on that list. Yeah. So those are two points I'm willing to concede. However, you don't mess with tradition. And to me, <laughs> the National League and the American League split between the desi- on the the singular rule of designated hitter is the reason the leagues were formed like the way they were in the first place. Right, The American League said, we're going to do it. We're going to compete directly with the National League. And we are going to... Our pitchers don't don't have to um, step up to the plate and hit the ball. They don't have to. That's what's going to draw players. That's what's going to draw a crowd. We think it'll be more dynamic. And, oh, by the way, stick up our noses at those National League bums over there. Is what they, that's where it all came from. And it's been that way forever! So, and I like it. I like it that way. I like the dichotomy. I like that during the World Series, you have to change the way you play the game. I like the, um, I like the tradition of it. I like that it's hard. I like the standout pitchers who do get up there and take a hit, take a hack at it, like John Lester, when he's like, you know what? I'll come, I'll come out there. No big deal. Mm-hmm. And they like it, and they, and it's this thing, and it's this special thing. Right when Jake Arrieta hits, because they got no position players left, and he came out of the bullpen that one time for that what was that eighteen inning thing against the Yankees a couple of years ago, he came out oh, yeah. to pinch hit, <laughs> and he did, and I was like, see, <laughs> see, no, I I think that it removes an opportunity for magic and mystique and wonder and stuff like that. And I know that it's easy to tear that down with all the really pragmatic things, but but you you can't get too pragmatic. You can't. You get hamstrung by pragmatism and, and practicality. Okay, yeah. that's so, it. So I I probably will first. stay here atop my soapbox. <laughs> okay, first things first. Um, I want to give you a little bit of a history lesson to start. Uh oh. Um, no. The American League, initially the American Association, 
founded in 1881, has always been a more progressive league than the National League. Okay? Yeah. Um, two of the things that the American League wanted to do that they did not do in the, in the, in the National League were play games on Sundays and sell beer at the ballpark. That's why the American League was formed. Just those two things? Yeah. Yeah, that was their two things that they, they figured they could compete with the National League with. Right, so. as a as a but the the designated hitter rules is buried in that history as well. Well, it didn't come around until later. You know, that because the American League has always been more more liberal and more progressive, um that's why it went to the National League. What do you mean? That's why it went to the National League. Or sorry, that's why I went to the I meant American League. Oh, because it wasn't until 1973 that they adapted the the, the DH. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought it went way back. <laughs> no. No. So I mean, it, it's not like a Barney Stinson rant where it's since the dawn of time, Ted. Listen, that's how those. it felt. Okay. <laughs> I swear Ken Burns told me. I swear Ken Burns told me that it goes back that far. (laughs) I guess I'll have to go back and watch that just wonderful documentary again, I guess. There you go. That's one of my favorite things from How I Met Your Mother, though. Anytime Barney's trying to get Ted to do something. Since the dawn of time, Ted. Yeah. That's how he starts everything. But anyways. Well, thanks for putting me in my place in in public, Brad. I feel so much better. I have... I have a responsibility, okay? You I do. take it very seriously. You do. I'm going to do it every time. You know what's cool, though? But What's cool, though, <laughs> is that this time you didn't offend any of the audience, and only me. And that's awesome. <laughs> he said, usually, it's true. <laughs> Blackjack Brad comes in. Oh, I'm just teasing you. No, that's great. I, I really did believe it was all the way back. I didn't know it was that early. So... Anyway, cool. but I will say this, like, I will say this real quick against the DH <laughs> is that, and like, I will, like, I'm a fan of the DH. I like it. Um, but it, I do also appreciate, um, that it, it forces pitchers to be baseball players, yeah. right? Yes. That like, okay. Yeah. You can throw the ball really hard and you can strike guys out or you can throw a wicked curveball and strike guys out. But can you hit that stuff yourself? Right. You know, like, like I feel like it, it brings that element to the game. But on the other hand, hitting is really hard, and it takes a lot of work and a lot of maintenance to be able to do it. And only getting getting game reps once a week is not enough for for a, a va- the vast majority of pitchers, as we've seen, to be proficient at it. Sure, yes. So that's why – that's, like, the big thing that I don't, I don't like about it is that it creates an automatic, like – gap between the American League and National League. And like you said, that's and I'm like from the beginning, you know, that the American League was created to compete with the National League. Right. As far as ticket sales and things. So, you know, it's that that divide has always been there, but unify the league, you know, that you don't have you don't have the NFL, you don't have the AFC and the NFC when they play each other like, okay, well we've got to decide who's who's quarterback is going to go play defense whose quarterback is going to go play defensive back for four downs, you know? Yeah. You don't have that. You don't have to decide that. And it's it's vastly different. I understand that. There aren't guys who play two-way, like, ever in the NFL. 
But that's kind of what it feels like to me, having the NL one way, the AL one the other way, because it, it feels so archaic and so old to have one league divided that strictly. And the other thing that I feel like is like the Phillies signed Bryce Harper to that 13-year deal, and that's their own fault. You know, like that's their own business. Like if you want to do that, that's fine. But Bryce Harper in seven years is not going to be an outfielder. With the way he plays, he's he's going to be a defensive liability. They're going to have to move him to first base probably. Right. If, that's if he's still hitting. Yep. That they're going to want to trade him to an American League team so he can continue the end of his career, so he can extend his career to the end of that contract. Yep. That, you know, if the Phillies don't win a World Series in three years, that's probably what's going to happen. Is they're going to be like, well, we got to get out of this Albatross so we can start over, but we've got to trade him to an American League team because he's got to be DH in a few years. Yep. You know, Marcelo Zuna coming to the Braves this year, I th- I don't know for sure when they signed him, but I don't know if they ever had any intention of him playing outfield for them. Right. If it was strictly, let's bring him on because he's a bat, we're going to have the universal DH this year, he's going to be our DH, and he's going to dominate the position, and he's going to get us help us get to the playoffs and help us make a run. And he did. Yeah, He did. Right. I mean, he won, a, he won a Silver Slugger Award for them because he was so good at his at his spot in the lineup just hitting the ball. Nelson Cruz would be out of the league by now if it wasn't for the DH. Edgar That's Martinez, true. who the award is named after, would yeah. have been out of the out of the league. Um gosh, he definitely wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. He barely no. made it in the Hall of Fame as it is. Yeah. You know? So it extends guys' careers. Big Poppy extended his career because he was a defensive liability for at sure. first base. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, Red Sox fans, but I think we all know it's true. It's true. It's hard but, to I'm a Yankees fan and that's hard to accept. For me, because <laughs> yeah. his bigness is amazing. So, yes, yeah. and that's a personality we wouldn't have had in the league, right? I mean, forget hitting and ability aside. His personality was second to none. His personality was bigger than the game. It was, and that's what you know? baseball needs. And so, you're right. Affording players these opportunities to be that way is an argument. Yep, mm-hmm. and. And that's always been my argument for why if they go a universal rule with the DH, forget universal DH or universal, like I guess you could say abolishment of the DH, it's going to go universal DH. Because yeah, creating, between the two, yeah. You're creating 15 more jobs in the National League, which they did this year, and it was it was excellent. It was, was it great. Excellent? Because, well, as far as creating another position you know Hmm. um and i and i feel like and this is actually brought up on the group when we talked about um i think it was with the i think somebody posted about the silver sluggers and marcelo ozuna was brought up and actually a friend of mine marshall jensen brought up he said it brings balance between the national league and the american league with free agents and that's been one of my arguments forever too i Mm -hmm. totally agree with him on that that you know that Nelson Cruz is a guy, he's still hitting the ball a thousand miles at 39, 40 years old, whatever he is, but he would never consider going to the National League because they didn't have the DH. That's right. That's a bat that every one of those teams is missing out on. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And here, okay, so let's barter. All right. All right. Okay. We'll trade it up. You can have the universal DH. 
if I can have two expanded roster, uh, two expansion teams and a revenue share program, or a salary cap, or both. <laughs> I think I think I think revenue sharing comes along with salary cap. Yeah, I think so. Because yeah, there's going to be a certain split with that. But no, I mean if. If that's what it takes to get Universal DH, I mean, those are all things I want anyway. <laughs> I know, know. I know. I'm just, there are things I You're want an anyway. You're excellent negotiator, Brig. I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm here for you, Brad. I just, I'm just trying, I'm, I, you came at me so hard earlier that I just decided I needed to kind of just, it's, this was a hug is what it was. I appreciate that. Really, an olive, <laughs> olive branch of peace in the words of, <laughs> it's all a branch. of, uh, Jim Bowers on, on Little Big League. Yep. <laughs> Little Big League. Except so this all the branch of peace. <laughs> oh it. man. But but no, like like I said, I understand the the argument the other way too. You know, like you said, tradition. You don't mess with tradition, and I don't know. It's make make guys play the game. Yeah. Right. But but is is, is listen. I don't know. I will agree and say I can't believe I'm going to say this. I didn't feel the disruption this season like I thought I would. Yeah. The fact that it was really fast was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, once it got rolling, it just felt like it was with the calendar because it was. Yeah. It wasn't like the NBA, you know, where you got basketball in August, which felt really weird. Right. Um, yeah. It was. It was. Okay, we're two weeks into the season. We're in August. This is fine. September it's pennant races. Fine. That's cool. It's fine. <laughs> Playoffs are October as normal. So, yeah, no, it it didn't feel as disrupted as as I thought it was. The doublehead, like I said, the biggest thing for me, like I think that that had to have been it was was the doubleheaders. That was the biggest thing that threw me off for the whole entire season. Yeah, it, well, and people kept texting and and messaging me like, "What's going on? Can you explain this? Why is it only seven? <laughs> Yeah, all season long. It's sometimes the same people. Yeah. <laughs> I can it's see great. that. It's great. <laughs> That's funny. Well, baseball family, let us know what you think about these rules. Are there any rules that you want to see go away forever? Are there some that you would like to see MLB adapt? I mean, do you want to see Universal DH? Do you want to see seven inning double headers for the rest of time? I don't, but maybe you do. Maybe Whatever. You do. That's cool. That's okay. Let us know. You can subscribe, or uh, you can let us know on YouTube. You can comment. You can also send us a, an email in the mailbag. You can also comment on the Facebook group. Join the Nine Plus Us VIPs Facebook group. Just search Nine Plus Us VIPs. Ask to join. We will let you in for free, not a pay to play. So come and join the community and, and let us know what you think about these things. Also, don't forget to jump on the shop at 9plusus.com. It's N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com. That's where you can get all the sweet merch that we wear on the show and also discount codes and uh, exclusive releases and things like that. Go out to our 9plusus VIP group on Facebook. And that's that's it. So 9plusus.com. We're getting close to Christmas. Got something exciting in the works mm-hmm. for Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, we, we should do. probably release that like yeah. right away, huh? Yeah, we probably should. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, probably a good idea. It's time to get there for the <laughs> for the Christmas season. But baseball family, we've enjoyed it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. 
Um, leave us a comment. If you can, like, leave us a review somewhere. Let us know what you think. Um, we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants based on numbers that we see, based on what we think you guys like. Um, but like I said, if there's something you specifically you want to hear about, send us an email in the mailbag. Um, drop it in the reviews on Apple Podcasts or something. I don't know. Whatever. Let us know. We'll yep. we'll see it and we'll we'll reach out and do your topics for you. But we got some really exciting stuff coming. We do. We have lots of exciting stuff coming, and I cannot wait. Me neither. And that's a tease. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball family, we'll catch you next week. Thank you.